Hello, Kit fans, and welcome to episode 81 of They Think It's All Over, where we, in the week where alien life has been confirmed in Mexico, are the football shirt podcast that is out of this world. So, hello, gents. It is Tom at ShirtFan, your host for this week. And who is joining me in the kit room today? It's Mike at Footy Shirts. And it's Adam at This One Kit. Very good for you both to join me. And I hope you're both doing well. I just want to touch on something that's kind of hit the news today and has opened up our little world to the mainstream. Have you seen this story about a mystery ex-England footballer who's selling seven of the best match-worn shirts you're ever going to see all match-worn shirts from Italia 90 have you seen this I've seen it and they yeah it's quite a collection of shirts isn't it yes it's it's a heck of a lineup isn't it I mean obviously I think the standout is probably the West Germany as it was then away but yeah a remarkable collection the estimate on this is it's, it's all being auctioned by an, a Derbyshire-based auctioneer. The collection they're saying could be anywhere between one hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand pounds, which is crazy. I mean, I don't know how you'd figure that out per shirt. The BBC have kind of picked up on the main one being Peter Shilton's match-worn England goalkeeper shirt, and it's signed as well. And apparently, this shirt was thrown at this mystery player after the shootout defeat in disgust, and it's now being sold for a pretty penny but i mean it's a hell of a collection you've got giannini's italy shirt andy townsend island shirt as well there's an egypt one a cameroon shirt it's unbelievable but it does make you wonder why are they being sold it's, it's, do you think it's a bit sad perhaps i think there's a, a sad element to it um i mean e- either it's a player who's fell on hard times and obviously needs a, a bit of cash or i mean we could just be looking into it too much it could be someone who's just had them in a bag for bloody 20 years, 20, 30 years, whatever it is, and just doesn't want them anymore because people might not be. I mean, look at when we've spoken to players in the past, they're not always particularly sentimental about the shirts that they swap. It's just not everybody's thing. But that said, it, it's an interesting mix. The the Peter Shilton one is quite interesting. Um, the fact that did you say that someone said that this is a shirt he threw in temper? So apparently, this was the shirt that he threw away in the dressing room. After right. the penalty shootout defeat. Well, and it was picked up by this this player who's auctioning them. Well, all I can say if Peter Shot is listening is maybe if you fucking moved for the penalties, you might not have been so angry. But anyway, we'll <laughs> we'll move on from that. But yeah, it no, it, it's an interesting lineup of shirts. I mean, to hazard a guess of who might have had it, but I suppose the problem is it could be anyone in that squad, couldn't it? There must be someone, I mean, on the internet, people always solve these these things, don't they? There must be someone who's gone back through footage and looked at who swapped shirts with every player in the games. That I mean, I know there's not as much footage in, in the same way, like there's cameras at every possible angle, whereas obviously back in Italia 90, it wasn't quite the same as like the, the modern kind of way of filming every little detail. But there must be some footage of people swapping shirts, at least in one of those games where we can figure it out, surely. I believe Adam Hurry of Football Clichés has set himself the task of doing exactly that. So it'd be interesting to see if he does figure it out and for anyone that's doubting the man's expertise this is a man that regularly asks his followers on social media to send him background shots of football being played in movies and tv 
and he will find the game and players featured in in that shot. So he's the right man for the job, definitely. Yeah, if anyone can do it, it's him. I mean, it will probably will come out at auction anyway, I, I presume, unless they want to be quiet on it, because it may well be, like you say, Mike, it's... I feel the same. It's either someone who's fallen on hard times or it's just someone who got given the shirt, swapped them at half time, picked up Schilt's shirt off the floor after the game, stuck them in the bag behind his sofa or in the kitchen in the cupboard somewhere and then went, oh shit, I've got loads of money here. Let's sell it. And just before we move on from this one, I'm going to put my neck on the line and put a little prediction here that it will not go for anywhere near that 300k estimate that they've put on it. Oh, I think it's going to go over. I think it will go over that. I think so. Well, I'm going to go mm. dead in the middle then. So I'll say we'll go for the football it is and we'll go for whoever's closer. God, Adam, get off that fucking fence. <laughs> it's what I'm best at. If you stay on the fence, then you can never lose. You can never win, though, Adam, either. That's the only yeah, well, issue. Well, sl- slow and steady wins the race, someone once said. I don't know if that's true, but I don't care. Staying in the middle. Well, for a couple of shirts that are definitely out of our price range... Is there something that's come out this week, Mike, that is a bit more our budget, although also possibly not? Well, it depends how you look at it. Possibly within people's budget, whether you want to spend that sort of money on what it is, though, is a different question. So basically, this week, Adidas have dropped what they're calling their lifestyler jersey range. Now, what they are, in essence is a watered-down version of their big club's third shirts. So the clubs that have had this treatment are Real Madrid, Manchester United, Juventus, Arsenal, Bayern Munich. Now, what these shirts are, as I say, is a washed-down version of the third shirt. So essentially what they've done is they've changed the cut a little bit so there's a slightly baggy fit to these shirts. They've kept the general basic pattern or design of the shirt there, but the sponsors have been removed. The manufacturer logo has essentially been ghosted out by having it the same color as whatever the base color of the shirt is, leaving just a badge on show. Now, what I find interesting about this is that um, obviously on one hand, it's, it's, it's a nice idea because we all say that the badge should be the most prominent thing on a football shirt and so on. But it's not a football shirt, is it? It's, it's essentially a T-shirt. But the biggest problem about all of this for me is the price point, because for essentially a third shirt with a lot of the shit missing, they are charging £90 per pop. Now, for me, that is ludicrous. If these would have fell in around your sort of 40 quid, maybe 45 quid price point, I think people might have been interested. They're kind of cool. You know, they're a bit casual. And I think maybe people on the fringes of collecting might be interested in buying these things. And you know that they might still well do so. So, you know, whatever. But I just think that price is insane. Am I, am I the only one who's thinking that way? I agree with you. Um, in short, I do like the look of them in the sense that they look like they're really high quality, like the badges are kind of elevated from the the staging version. Obviously, on the um the player versions, they're kind of the TCP like heat pressed version and these are sewn in and there is an extra level to them I, I think they're not for me but i can see why people will like them they look like they're made out of slightly thicker material as well the quality does seem really high now whether they're worth 90 quid is another thing entirely because generally when they've released stuff like this the higher price point is because you're wearing something that the players are wearing on the pitch and that's part of that high price point and generally speaking, lifestyle stuff has always been a little bit cheaper because part of the the lure of the shirts is when the players have that shirt as well. 
So the price point is high. It's not something I buy myself, but I do understand why a lot of people are looking at them and going, actually, I really like this and I want this in my collection. See, I think I veer more on your side, Adam. I think you're spot on with the badges. That's the thing I was going to mention. They look absolutely superb and they're a lot better than the uh, stadium shirts that are £10 cheaper. I do find it that the price is crazy. The price is absolutely crazy. And it's interesting there's now a middle option between the authentic and the stadium. But I think the buy-in one in particular looks absolutely superb. I'll be hoping that hits the sale because I'm not paying 90 quid for it. But I think they're beautifully made shirts. And this is, I think, the natural evolution of what we've, with this trend we've seen over the last few years of football shirts becoming more fashion accessories, more fashion garments rather than just sportswear. But anyway, something that is just sportswear. Adam, you've got news coming from Spain, haven't you? I do. And uh, I thank you kindly, Tom, for allocating this piece of news to me. So La Liga with their brand new logo, which I'm still not entirely sold on. It looks a little bit like a four, if you haven't seen it, are now sponsoring a Welsh football team. They're a Welsh football team of the North Wales Coast West Division 1, which is the fifth tier of the Welsh domestic football system. And that team, I'm not going to say their full name because I can't, but it is the town with the longest name in the UK. They are known as CPD... Clan Fairpool FC. I've probably not said that correctly, but again, I'm not going to go for their entire full name, which is, I know it ends in go, go, goch. That's about all I know. So I know the start, I know the end, and there's about 50 letters in the middle. Uh, I, what I've done, I have just found it on Google, and I'm I'm going to see if I can get it to play it down my mic and see if it picks it up. Burn me a second. Clan Viapus Gwyngus Gagareth Windrobus Lintisilio Gogogogoch. Now, that was slowed down for everybody, but if you do it full pace... There we go. Which is what it's I easy. I, d- I don't know why you, you can't be professional like the rest of us on this podcast and say it properly. Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> Just be nice. Just be nice. I, I, sorry, you were going to say something, Tom. Go on, Tom. I like you more. I think this... Thank you, Adam. I appreciate that. You can come on again next week. <laughs> well, I'm a permanent member now, so... Oh, yes. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> You've forgotten that. I've been away for a few weeks. Let me off. Let me off. Um, I, I actually think this... I mean, it's definitely a publicity stunt, this, isn't it? It's a, it's a way for La Liga to promote the new branding, which is obviously the two stylized L's. And that village club, obviously the longest named place in the world and the longest named football club in the world. What I saw on the promo shots was uh, the, the branding on the front of the shirts and they, the players were stood in front of the sign to the village. And all of the L's in the village name were replaced by the La Liga logo. And it's, it's, it's clearly just promo, but I think it's quite nicely thought out. And in a way, it's providing grassroots football in Wales with a lovely little boost. So I actually think this is a bit of a heartwarming story. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. If anyone can Google the article, the image of the three players in front of the sign, there's five instances of the two L's together, which have been changed to the La Liga logo. To go onto the kits themselves, they're kind of bland. The I presume it's the home shirt is blue. They're made by Puma. They're kit template ones, really. But yeah, with the La Liga logo on it, it's it's a really cool thing. I mean, you don't want to put the name of the town on the map because it will take up most of the map, but it's a nice thing for the town. And <laughs> yeah, like, like you said, it is a publicity stunt, but as publicity stunt goes, it's a very good one, I think. Yeah, I agree. And sticking 
in Spain and moving on to another publicity stunt mike what do you have we uh, well it's a publicity stunt yeah but i've got to be honest i quite like this one it's um it's barcelona so uh rumored to be next having a rolling stones rolling stones inspired sponsor i mean that's harder to say than i thought it would be you said that in a welsh um, accent i think <laughs> i don't know how i said it I, I was struggling to get the words out i Anyway, um, so yeah, rumor has it that the next logo that's going to be on their shirts, because obviously we've seen a few different ones across the season so far, is the the like forty licks tongue logo associated with the Rolling Stones. Um, I think it looks quite cool to be honest with you. Um, I I like this whole thing about sort of like different sponsors when you're sponsored by a bigger company of some sort that can then kind of mix it up a little bit you know like we saw with that um the the atletico madrid shirts many years ago i i wish we would see it with maybe the paramount sponsor that's coming out now with some of their big shows or something i think would be quite cool but yeah no i i quite like this but i was what i'm going to follow on from asking if you obviously what would you guys any any choice some obviously a spotify sponsor if you if you could see something on a Barcelona shirt as as one of these one offs, what would you choose? Apart from our podcast, of course, because it goes without saying. But we've said no because it's it's not what we're about. Put us on the spot here. Go on, yeah, no, Mike, what? you can go first. Me, I, I know exactly what I would have. I would have. I'm an old metalhead, so I would love to see. I'm a huge Slipknot fan. So uh, if anybody that's listening is li- listens to metal music, they'll know exactly what I mean when I say this. There's a particular S that Slipknot used to use as a logo. I think it would look amazing on there. If not them, I'd have something uh, from maybe Ozzy Osbourne or Black Sabbath or Metallica. Yeah, it, I, I think that the the possibilities are endless, but I definitely fall somewhere in there. For anybody listening, neither Adam nor Tom know any bands or music <laughs> artists on the whole planet. It's it's less that and more the fact that my music taste started in 1994 and ended in 2001. <laughs> and so I'm woefully irrelevant. So I wish I could say like a modern band, but I, I can't. Um, but a band that have had a recent album out, which I can say, which is one of the bands that I loved a lot growing up would be Blur. So I would have Blur on the front just because I would have gone with Hulp, which is my favourite band, very far from the slipknots of this world, but they haven't had any kind of new music out in a long time. But Blur have had a new album out, so I would go with Blur on the front, bigging up the uh, the Barcelona Britpop massive. I'm hesitant to answer this because I have genuinely shocking taste in music and i'm probably one of the world's least musical people so i think what i would actually go for on the front of my barcelona shirt is the old classic ziggy stardust portrait why not that would be very cool actually oh oh no what you could do is you could have it under the shirt so when you lifted the shirt up it was on the reverse like they did but i think getafe did it with a burger king face didn't they you could do that for it That'd be good. You you could have your face, but with hair, Adam. <laughs> Doesn't even work on a podcast. People can't see my hair. Everybody I've actually knows got a full head of hair. I Photoshop <laughs> my hair out for all the graphics just for the the joke. I've actually got a fine fine head of hair. Not the baldest. Just because you look like a pound shop Thor. <laughs> is, is boldest a thing and in fact you're boldest it, it is now it is right come on i never thought i'd have to separate pep guardiola and andy carroll from having a bus stop but let's, <laughs> let's pack it in now
So again, just before we move on to this feature, which actually feeds quite nicely into that customizable element of shirt sponsorship, as you mentioned, Mike. I just wanted to mention we are now in association with one of the behemoths of the kit community, and that is Kit Magazine, who very kindly are associated with this podcast, and we are proud to be associated with them. I just want to mention Volume 7 of Kit Mag coming out very soon, work in progress, and it's a Boca Juniors special. So be sure to keep an eye out for that and look to add that to your kit mag collection. But now we're going to go on to this feature where we spoke to them before. We spoke about their illustrious past. And this week we spoke about their very promising future as we spoke to Admiral. So welcome listeners, because we are introducing the feature and it's a pretty special one with a brand that we've touched on before with Andy Wells, the author of Get Shirty. And it is everyone's favourite legacy football shirt brand, Admiral. And today I'm joined by Theo Hamburger, who is the head of sales and marketing at Admiral. Hello, Theo. Hi, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you. How are you? How, how is uh, your summer going? Yeah, it's going all right. Just just come off the back of watching uh, some women's football, uh, England getting to the semi-final, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, no, everything's feeling positive right now, isn't it? I'm sure you're having a very busy summer yourself as well. And it's interesting that you touched on England there straight away. But just for the listeners' benefit, could you possibly introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure. Sure. Um, so I run the sales and marketing side of, of the Admiral business, um, which is, as you know, the oldest uh, British sportswear brand, 110 years old next year. Um, so I really focus on trying to bring new partners into the business, grow the footprint of the brand um, across uh, specifically uh, Europe, Middle East and uh, North African territories. So it's a lot of it's a lot of space to cover. So there's a lot of things to do and there's a lot of exciting projects that I've been up to recently. So it's interesting, some of the territories you mentioned there, and I'm going to, again, possibly bring that up a bit later. But as I'm sure a lot of our listeners will know, and you've touched on, Admiral, they're the first manufacturer of replica football kits, especially, well, certainly in England, possibly the world. I think it is the world, isn't it? Correct, it yeah. The world. It yeah. The world. So your family or your family business purchased Admiral a number of years ago. Can I just ask what it was that made you decide to purchase Admiral and why you felt like you had an affinity with that brand? Sure. Well, firstly, Admiral is was was always a family business uh, up until the late nineties um, when it was acquired by kind of one of these conglomerates that we eventually bought it from. So I guess we've always been a family business. We've been involved in the sportswear industry for over twenty five years now, or even longer, um, with other with various brands and. It's not often that football brands come up available for purchase. Um, and when one with as much history um, and story and tradition that Admiral does have and such a fondness that it has for so for, for so many people, um, you kind of can't really, if you get the opportunity, uh, you can't really say no to that, can you? I completely agree. Um, I have to ask then, so it must be a family of football fans. Well, yes, there, there is. Do you know what? It's a mixed bag. So my dad actually isn't a football fan, but okay. I, I think that I think that's very much a case of 
uh, when you've worked in an industry for too long, if you work in the chocolate factory, you no longer eat, want to eat chocolate. Um, <laughs> when, you've, when you've worked with football kits for 30 years, that maybe you're not such, but he's a rugby fan. So, you know, we all, we all have our problems. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I grew up on football. I absolutely love it. Um, Altrincham, Altrincham Football Club is, is the local team and followed them for years and years. Um, playing out in the conference uh, and obviously family club is Manchester City so we've we've had some really uh, great years recently. I was going to say uh, how do you feel about the Manchester City kits then? Yeah I mean uh, but they've been pretty good over the last few years um, I think the is it the third shirt that they wore this weekend is a mm. real real great piece really uh, really beautiful quite minimalist using great colours and I think the thing about City is there's uh, they always keep quite traditional on the home shirts, but they really go for it on the the second the 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 away and sometimes on the third as well. Oh, that got a shout from me as being the shirt of the season that Manchester City shirt. Although it was up there with a shirt we're going to talk about in a in a little moment, <laughs> which kind of brings me on. So you you've said. Admiral, obviously, we all know a brand with huge heritage. I mean, the 1982 England shirt is the one I think is synonymous with the brands. But I mean, there's plenty more. You've got the, the Coventry shirt, it's Leeds shirts. The list goes on and on. Portsmouth, obviously. So I just want to kind of ask you, what are your plans for this business going forward? And what is it you really want to achieve in the football shirt space? Yeah, so we we have a real niche in being able to have a have a brand ourselves you know we we aren't beholden to maybe bigger figures or shareholders or so on it's our it's our brand and that we can make it work in the way we want to and i think for us the the opportunity really lies in in grassroots and, and amateur football uh we've partnered with pro direct in the united kingdom uh we're looking for expanding out our partnerships now across across into europe as well into further territories um, and that gives us a, a you know, they're, they're the world's on biggest online uh, football marketplace. So it gives us an amazing platform to be able to go and uh, work with uh, teams at all different levels. Um, I think one of the other things that we're doing is we've um, invested heavily in a, in, in, a, in a kit builder technology called the C3D, to, uh, which will be slowly releasing out to, to more and more people. At the moment, you know, we're, we're doing it with a, a small number of clubs, but it will allow fans, uh, fans and uh, small uh, teams, you know, 10, 11 players uh, on your 11 aside football team to have a fully bespoke football shirt. Um, being able to build and design their own kit at home without the need of a designer. So we've been investing heavily in what the future of this brand looks like, looking at kind of how do you develop football shirts from uh, from the amateur marketplace up. There are lots of very, very big deals happening in, 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 the, in the football sphere at the moment with the likes of Manchester United being announced a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, Rightly or wrongly, we aren't looking to do those sorts of deals with with big clubs because at ninety million pounds a year, it's not it's not something potentially for us. Um, that being said, we are looking at growing. We are looking at kind of working on select uh, deals with clubs that we think we can really elevate to to a top level. And I'm sure you'll get onto it in a bit, but I think that's what we did with the Walthamstow deal, um, where we operated and worked with a club that are actually sitting. It, currently in the seventh tier of football, but gave them a, a release and a story and a design and a shirt and all of that sort of stuff that puts them 
up in the upper echelons of world football right now. I mean, I'm 100% going to be talking to you about that Wolfenstein shirt because I think it's fantastic. But I just want to touch on that kit builder uh, project sure. you were talking about because it's it's a fascinating one, I think. So it's essentially an online tool, am I correct? And it allows people to design a football shirt and then your team will manufacture it for them. Correct. Correct. I mean, this is a real game changer, like you said, especially at the, the the lower tiers of football. And it's something that we could all have a play at. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners would love to have a play at. I just got to ask, like, I mean, how does it work? Is there like a minimum order or how do you kind of make that work in terms of the manufacturing process? So we're, we're very lucky that, that when I say it's a family business, that, that it really is a family business. My uncle owns the brand for in Canada, North America, South America, Caribbean. So we are really a family business. And um, as part of that business, he they actually, Admiral owns its own factory over there. And what that means is the technology ties straight into the back end of our machinery back there. So whereas a lot of brands don't have that luxury of tying straight in from consumer down to factory, what we've been able to do is streamline that whole process. And this technology will allow... Um, our customers um, and our teams to, in theory, be able to buy five or ten shirts once we once we get it being it ramping it up to that sort of level. At the moment, this is one of the reasons why we're kind of trying to keep a little bit of control over it because obviously we know that once the floodgates open, it, it could be it could be a real game changer for for ourselves and, and the customers and the, and, and different teams. Um, but yeah, in theory, we we can look at doing five aside teams, 10, uh, 11 aside teams on a Sunday could all have their own bespoke football shirt that's catering just for them. I, I genuinely think that is really, really exciting. And I can't wait to see some of the kind of madcap shirts that we're going to see potentially off the back of that. Um, I do want to ask you, though, about the kits that you are making in-house. Um, sure, sure. The Wolfenstone one, we've got to talk about it because it's absolutely unbelievable. Like you said, it's completely elevated Wolfenstone to get a publicity that I'm sure they would never have before or, or would never have expected through their kit and through the branding. How, how did this relationship come about and how did you settle on this incredible William Morris design? Sure. So the, there was a there is there is a guy um, who's based in Walthamstow called Mark, and he's a he's 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 well connected in the local area. It, he actually um, works for a company called Water Street Walls, and it, it was really his idea to to pull this all together. He he works in uh, in murals. He basically creates those big amazing paintings of football players or or whatever on the side of buildings. So he's in connected into the arts himself. Um, and he he really was the visionary behind it, but he allowed us to then guide him on what would be the best shirt, what would be the best pattern in terms of symmetry, what would be the best way of um, actually kind of picking out these colours because this is a this is a pattern that what we, that we've used here from the late nineteenth century. It's from I think like eighteen ninety two, um, off the top of my head. Um, clearly they weren't using sublimation printing back then. And what we've had to do is obviously we've had to take those colors individually and modernize them to be able to work with the technology that we're working with today. We're not hand printing every shirt or every pattern as they, as they did back then. But it was really a collaborative effort of understanding what, what, what the design meant, how, 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 from, from their side in terms of connecting up with the gallery, but from our side in terms of expertise in making football shirts for, 
for almost uh, for over well over 25 years we understood what we needed to do in in terms of layout of where sponsors needed to sit where the club badge and, and really like we've taken the club badge and elevated it um by by actually almost uh, engraving different elements onto the badge to give it that reflective feel um and we brought in some of our expertise where they didn't kind of know how to do it and we we worked together they were very very keen on how, working with a British brand for a start because that that was the story that the story the club were trying to tell but also one of the other elements was um that that we were the oldest uh, and I think that really fits nicely in with the, the whole story so it was kind of a every one of those projects and and they often work out like this when they when you have so much success on the other side is that everything clicked at the right time uh, you know, Mark told me that this is something that he's been dreaming up for for well over three years now, uh, and it's taken it's taken that long for it to kind of come to fruition. But it, it's amazing to to see you know everyone wearing it, people talking about it, and so on. I think absolutely, it's a shirt that I've already seen a hell of a lot of people purchase and and share online. And you know, as football shirt collectors, we do tend to kind of wait for the sales or maybe wait and assess our options. But the fact that people are picking this one up so quickly and i think you're gonna to have to do a few restocks of it because it's it's so popular and it w- i think it will be a future classic and it's I, I just think it's great and i mean to go in line with what you said earlier about how you've got this real focus now as a company and as a brand on on like grassroots football another shirt people might not have seen but i want to point them in the direction of is the finchley shirt because it's it's like a homage to that 1982 English shirt that everybody knows and loves with the shoulder details and, and the panelling across the top. I mean, is that something that you're keen to do as a brand, like kind of hark back to traditional and former styles of shirts you've used before? Yeah, I mean, definitely. That that actually is one of our, our shirts that's available right now called the Lion Shirt that's available um, through ProDirect and um, what we did with the club there is they wanted specific numbering and badging and, and, and so on so what we what we were then able to do is take once again one of our classic silhouettes that um, I don't need to explain to you guys but I'm sure you've seen on multiple different kits multiple different brands using that silhouette and and this is also you know when you are the innovator when you are the true creator or pioneer of something people are gonna uh, take your design maybe like for like, maybe take inspiration, whatever you want to want to, want to say. But we created that panelling on a football shirt. It didn't exist beforehand. The sash football shirt, for example, you know, that was one of the early Admiral designs. Um, and, uh, you know, even the hourglass, uh, we saw it on the, um, on the Coventry shirt last year. Uh, that obviously was an iconic Admiral silhouette um, that when, when you, when you hit the right note and when the fans know what it is and when you look at that, if you're a Welsh fan, you know it is the Wales national shirt. If you're a country fan, you're a con- you know it's the country shirt. If you're a United fan, you know it was from the tracksuits or or whatever. But when you've got a silhouette that means so much, for example, with our panel England uh, 82 uh, Lions shirt, it, it, it's a, it never goes out of fashion. It, it's always workable and, and, and it goes from generation to generation. That, that silhouette is over 40 years old but it still looks as contemporary today on on with that Finchley shirt as you mentioned as it as it did back uh, back in the when it first came out I, I, yeah i think it you just cannot understate the influence that admiral as a brand and its designs is still having on football and that's why it's still so great to see you innovate with stuff like this Wolfhamstow shirt 
Um, there was another thing I wanted to talk to you about as well, because a friend of mine is a huge Portsmouth fan. And we've also mentioned it on the pod. And this is another thing that Admiral have been doing. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's only something I've been aware of in the last year or so. But you've been releasing kind of legacy shares. So like reissues of old classics. So I know you released a, a, a heritage range of Birmingham, City and Portsmouth with the Admiral branding and the original sponsors on. I mean, how 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 did you get that to to come to fruition? Because it's something other brands really struggle with. So it's something we've been doing for for a very long time now. Uh, actually, we've been doing it for well over a decade. And actually, we we did, we we work with Spurs um, uh, on on a couple of our silhouettes: Norwich, West Ham, um, Leicester City. Obviously, iconic brand, uh, club for the uh, club for the brand being the, the brand was founded in Leicester. Um, so we've done it for quite a number of years now. Um, these almost smaller capsules with clubs, um, we work with our, our retro partner. So it's a very specific capsule range that we release. And we work with Scoredraw Retro, who um, are the masters of pulling in all of those different elements that um, that we we don't have the ability to do and the average person wouldn't be able to, but they are very, very good at working with all these different partners, different stakeholders, bringing them into, into play to be able to release the kit. Because I think it is so important that when we're releasing these shirts that it has our badge, it has the correct club badge and it has the correct sponsor because what we try and do as best to our ability is recreate that shirt to as close to as the original as possible because for that fan that bought it the first time round and maybe it's got a hole in it or maybe it's snagged or maybe they've lost it or it went in the wash and the mum put it on a dryer and it, it, it's gone too small, whatever it is, that original shirt ha- will have had so many memories. And what we want to do is this isn't that original shirt. We understand that. But what this is, is the new shirt that they can create new memories in wearing it to the ground or to a festival or, or whatever. Yeah, I think it's great. And it's so good to see a brand understand that, like what, as you said, you know, as close to the original as possible. We're, and it's so important to have the correct badge and your branding, and it, it completely sets the shirts that you guys do from a site, you know, apart from the, the the ones the other brands do. I think I think they're brilliant. And my friend that's bought one, he absolutely loves it. He absolutely adores great it. Great Yeah, they're great, great quality. Um, I guess before we finish off, then the last question I wanted to ask you. And it's a question we ask every guest that comes on the pod. So I'll give you a little bit of time to think about it. But what I wanted to ask you is your fantasy football shirt player combination. So if you could see any footballer from any era, any team, alongside any shirt of any era, any brand, any team, which combination would you pick? It's a very, very good question. My my go-to favourite shirt of admirals from our whole history is the Wales hourglass shirt. I think it's so out there. You instantly know what it is. It's it can be a little bit marmite for certain people, and and but I think if you speak to any Wales fan, they will put that right up there. I think the beauty of it is it those colours are so definitive of an era. Um, it, it and you know from a stylizing side in terms of a fashion side of things. Um, it was actually they were designed by a fashion student. They weren't even designed by a football kit designer because I don't know if when Andy was on the podcast he explained 
about how they did it. There wasn't such thing as a football shirt designer back then. So they just went and got designers. So it's so connected into to what fashion was at that 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 stage. And I really think it shows that 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 journey that the brand went on from creating and inventing the replica football shirt with a, a little bit of tape to these really, really almost outrageous football shirts. So I think it, it I think it has to be I think it has to be that shirt. Um and then I guess you've got to put, put a Wales player in it, don't you, really? See, I'm interested to hear what you're going to say, because this will be the second appearance for that shirt, for okay. an answer on this question. But it'd be interesting to see if you pick the same player. There's one player that comes to mind. So I can say Gav Murphy from RKG and IGN, he picked this Wales shirt. as He's one half of his answer to this question. So for me, for me, when I think of that shirt, I there's one player that comes to mind and that is George Berry. George Berry with his iconic hairdo and that tracksuit on for me is, is just so, so connected to that era. Now it's not an era when I was watching football, I wasn't alive in those days, but, <laughs> but the fact is it just, it summarizes a, a, a different time for football. And, and for me that, that, that has to be it. Now, clearly you could potentially go and take, a player from a, I'm sure like, this is what you hope that someone's going to take a different player from a different era and put them in a different shirt but for me I think you have to be true to what that shirt is and what that that tracksuit is and you've got to pick someone from that era wearing that shirt no I think it, it, it's your answer to give and it's personal to you so it's completely acceptable I mean Gav he picked Mark Hughes for that shirt so he did okay he did he went the other way but it's a completely personal answer and I love the answer I love the reasoning behind it but Fia I just have to say like I think this interview especially, it's it's made me really excited for the future of Admiral as the brand in the space. And already we can see what it is you're trying to do and what it is you're trying to achieve. And I know it's a brand that football fans, especially in the UK, are always going to have and a huge affinity towards and collectors especially. So really looking forward to the future of the company and can't wait to hear about this. Uh, sorry, could you give us a plug again for the technology, for the designs? <laughs> Sure, sure. C3D. C3D. Can't wait to see that. I think we're going to be awash with fantastical Admiral football designs very soon. But Theo, honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Well, look, that, that was a great feature and everything. And I think it was nice to have revisited something that we've looked at in the past. But we got to talk about one thing, and that is this kit creator designer that we've been lucky enough to be given a bit of an advanced access to. It's incredible. I can just just mess around. With, I, I am no kit designer, but all of a sudden, I have capability to design kits. And okay, nobody's going to wear them because they'll probably still look a bit shit if I do it, but it's amazing. Has anyone else had a play with it yet? So, yeah, so... Obviously, I was privy to that conversation and I was given a lovely demonstration and it is genuinely incredible. I mentioned it in the in that interview there, but it's like Pandora's box. Now, anyone and everyone has the ability to completely design a completely customizable bespoke football shirt. And the, it, the possibilities are endless. I mean, there's t there's dozens and dozens of templates to choose from. Every single element of these templates is customizable, be colors, be collars, be cuffs, whatever it is you want to, to change on it is customizable, as well as having the Admiral branding on it. So this isn't going to be, you know, 
an unbranded template. It's got that kind of heritage branding on there. You can put your own club crest on there and you can put your own sponsor on it, just like Barcelona do. And what's even more impressive, and I was shown, so say you can download a very high quality image, such as our, they think it's all over logos, designed by Adam. You could get that in top resolution, put it into the program, and you could have the whole logo as the whole shirt, just the whole shirt, sleeves and all is our logo and wh- or whatever image you choose fit so it it really is opening pandora's box in terms of creating the wildest shirts you could possibly see or if you want to go down the classic route there's that too but it, it's going to be very exciting when admiral released this and obviously what a way for them to look into the future of of them as a brand yeah it's, it is going to be amazing i think what we need to do is get our resident designer on to that little link so we can make us a little custom they think it's all over shit i think that would be quite good i i wasn't privy to the conversation that you had so this is actually news to me and as someone who suspend their youth on it was a program called deluxe paint 2 and i had an ibm ps2 computer it had a 286 hard megabyte thing whatever i don't know have you it, it, stopped speaking english i have no idea what you just said you've got no idea what i was saying <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit older than you it didn't even, didn't even have a cd rom but i used to design football shirts and it pixel by pixel and i did it for all of the 92 league teams it's how dedicated i was to doing all of these things and this sounds like it's going to make my job a whole lot easier so i'm really excited to do this so i mean you're right as well tom like i think for someone like admiral it's a tough it's a tough place out there in the kit world when you do have massive companies who kind of swallow a lot of things up. And I think it can be hard to stay relevant. So this sounds like a really interesting way for Admiral to kind of show that they're not just a heritage brand. They're an incredible heritage brand, but they do have a say about the future as well. It's it's going to be interesting. It's so good. As I say, I'm shit at this stuff. I was sat at work the other day when I was supposed to be working, but I didn't want to. So I got it up on my iPad and I was messing around with it. And the combinations are endless. There's like you you can there, there are thousands of combinations you can do. Your collars, your cuffs, long sleeve, short sleeve, hoops, stripes, different. You know colors. what it looks like, don't you? It just looks like the in in the best possible way, like the Pro Evo editors back in the day, <laughs> which yeah. again. I used to spend hours like making, I used to make my old Sunday league team, Hopton AFC. I made a fictional team called the G team because that's what my friends call me with all my other friends who didn't play for Hopton, designed all the kits and stuff. I'm a fucking nerd. Um, and this, <laughs> this looks are. really similar where you kind of like build up the template and then you could like put your own logos and stuff on. Yeah, this is well, really cool. This this and- is your, your your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to to design us a concept shirt. But no, no, do you know what we should do? We should all try our own one and then you could do a vote on what people think is the best one. But we don't don't say there's like five options. We've all made one. And then that's a, that's a good and idea, then kind yeah. of say like, oh, we'll like... we'll we'll know which is Scots because it'd be full of tartan and we should <laughs> just be like a, a big like yeah, St Andrew's Cross or something and then and it, like a middle yeah, finger it, up it, at an England flag. Yeah, or something. I was just gonna say and it'll say and like, cunts on the back. All, all English people are cunts aside from Beckham. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't see scots though because it'd be in a box i don't think they, they have that <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh no do you know i think that's a really good idea to be fair i mean i think we'll know whose is which ones would be yours adam because i think you're going to have a bit more flair for it than possibly we we will but then at the same time because obviously the tool is there for us to use mm. you never know what what we might be able to spit out so yeah no i'd be up for that i think that'd be a good idea so yeah keep your eyes out for that this sounds like the the challenge has been set but that's it for this week. It's been it's been quite a calm one, but 
Mike, have we got anything exciting coming up? We got a lot exciting coming up, to be honest. I mean, I, we're pretty much always exciting, aren't we? But th- we've got, I think we've got three already banked features ready to go. Yeah, so we managed to convince the Fearless and Devotion podcast to come on after Tom's disgusting rant about Wrexham. Uh, we have recorded what I think is one of the single best features we've ever done on this podcast, all about Austrian football with the other Bundesliga's Tom Midler. And we still have another one in the bank. And I'm not going to lie to you, my mind's gone blank and I can't remember what it is. Oh, it's the Ghana. So we, we've also got a Ghana one already and recorded. Sorry for that memory blank I had there. So yeah, so we've got three good ones already already in the bank as well as a lot of other stuff lined up and it's it's just getting better and better to be honest we're pretty good at this now i reckon speak for yourself mike speak for yourself (laughs) (laughs) well i i say we (laughs) i mean i think the uh the graphic designers definitely stepped up a notch uh i don't know where that's it has gone up a bit because we used to do it with wax crayons so (laughs) (laughs) before we leave you all for next week, just want to touch on it because I'm a bit obsessed with this at the moment. But what are we saying about those aliens in Mexico? Are they real or not real? Uh, wow. Look, you, the problem is you're, you're talking to somebody here that spends a lot of time. Uh, when, when I'm not talking about football shirts, my other love is actually uh, astronomy and astrophysics. And I listen to a lot of podcasting about space, about the possibility of life on other planets. And I'm going to be honest with you, I think it's bullshit. <laughs> Tom's I'm just, like, I'm just really... sitting on the fence. I've got no what, idea. What I, I, I don't know if they are. I don't know if they aren't. Who knows? I guess we'll find out. We we know from Twitter there's already lots of weird little men running around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we don't need pretend ones from some lunatic in Mexico. Look, I, 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 there's nobody that you could speak to that would love it more to be real. But I just, I'm not quite sure that this is going to be what a lot of people want it to be. Well, there you go. You've had the final word from the pod's resident, Brian Cox. <laughs> and in the famous words of another Brian Cox, time to fuck off. Adam, you going to sign off? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel you should just leave it like that. But um, they think it's all over. It is now. a good that was a nice fun record wasn't it i i I, I really enjoy calling you bold